Welcome to Mexico Unexplained, where we will explore the magic, the mysteries, and the miracles of Mexico. This series presents information based partly on theory and conjecture. The podcaster's purpose is to suggest some possible explanation, but not necessarily the only ones to the subjects we will examine. Here is your host, Robert Bito. Welcome, and muy bienvenidos to episode number two of Mexico Unexplained, where we explore the magic, the mysteries, and the miracles of Mexico. I'm Robert Bitto. Today we will talk about the legend of La Llorona. She's one of the most powerful and enduring pieces of Mexican folklore. She haunts the canals, creek beds, rivers, arroyos, and acequias of Mexico and the American Southwest. If you're a child growing up in any of these areas... The story of La Llorona is more terrifying than any other ghost story, and this story is older than anyone can remember. So, what is the phenomenon called La Llorona? I first heard the story of La Llorona when I was a kid growing up in New Mexico. I know this show is not about New Mexico, but the story doesn't seem like it has borders. It's the same pretty much on this side of the border as it is on the Mexican side of the border. I lived in a primarily gringo area of Albuquerque, New Mexico, in the far northeast heights, so we called her the Yorona. In a time when kids played mostly outside with other kids, we played in the mesas, which were just another way of calling big patches of desert that existed between housing developments. And we also played in in the arroyos, the dry riverbeds, that ran through the city. We called them arroyas. That's the best we could say. And they were, like I said, waterless ditches that ran through the city. Some were paved, but when you got closer to the mountains where we lived, most of them were unimproved. In the 1970s and 1980s, they were just pretty much dirt embankments that became full whenever it rained outside. Flash floods were pretty common in that part of the world, so arroyos were pretty vital for flood control for the city. The one behind my neighborhood was called the Embudito Arroyo. Embudito means little funnel in Spanish. I have many, many fond memories of Saturday afternoons playing in the ditch with friends, and that was when I first heard of the story I'm about to tell you. The story always begins... In a small village a long time ago and far, far away, usually in Spanish times, before there was even a Mexico or America or whatever, there was a young, beautiful girl. Her name is always Maria in all these stories. And she caught the attention of many men from all over the territory. She was married off to an older guy, a nobleman, when she was just a teenager. Her husband was handsome, wealthy, you know, the whole picture-perfect storybook type dude. And he was away from home a lot. When he was away one time, Maria heard a story, some gossip in the town, that her husband was going to leave her for a younger woman and a wealthier woman. And in a fit of jealousy, Maria took her two kids down to the river to drown them. When she threw them in the rushing water, though... They cried out to her as they were drowning, and she had second thoughts. She tried to reach out to save them, but it was too late. They were swept away by the current, never to be seen again. It's said to this day, Maria still roams 
the arroyos, the riverbeds, the acequias, like an old hag looking for her children and crying out for them. Ay, mis hijos. And she will snatch you up if you are alone or you're careless. The story has minor variations, and like I said, it's pretty similar on either side of the border. There's really no distinction. But the one I heard was the, was the basic one, and it sure did do the trick. One could argue that the whole reason for the La Llorona story is to keep kids away from the potentially dangerous flash flood situations that exist in the Southwest and in Mexico. Like the story of La Mano Pachona, a huge hairy hand that comes out of the skies to snatch you up if you wander too far from home. The story of La Llorona is a cautionary tale to keep kids in line while the parents aren't there. Even the city of Albuquerque used the Llorona story in their Ditches or Deadly Stay Away campaign in the 1980s with signs featuring the Ditch Witch to scare off the kiddies. I thought I saw her once, believe it or not. In the fifth grade, we took a field trip to Mrs. Klein's house to go swimming. She didn't live in the same part of the city that we did. She lived closer to the Rio Grande. And we had to take a couple of buses to get down there, city buses, because there wasn't enough budget for a school bus to take us there. So we took the city buses, and then at the last bus stop, we had to walk probably about a quarter mile to get to her house. So on the way back to school from her house, while we were walking to the first bus stop, we crossed a huge arroyo that was paved over, and according to the maps, it's called the Han Arroyo, H-A-H-N. While we were crossing the bridge on the sidewalk, one of the kids, his name was David Ortega, one of the true believers of La Llorona, yelled out and pointed to a dark figure that was about a quarter of a mile away down in the arroyo climbing up the side of the ditch. It looked briefly to me like a hunched over old woman. We all looked, we all saw it, and then we ran and ran as fast as we could And I never ran and I never laughed so hard at the same time in my life. I don't know why we were laughing. I think we partly believed it was her and we partly thought that it was ridiculous. But there was no reason for anyone to be down there in the ditch all in black like that. Even with a kerchief over her head. It looked like an old Spanish lady who was in mourning who was down there in that ditch. There was another little story that I'd like to share from one of the neighbor girls in my neighborhood. Her name was Michelle, and her family moved away out of the neighborhood, down closer to the river, closer to the Rio Grande, to a place called Bosque Farms. A bosque, that's another southwestern term, it comes from the Spanish word meaning forest, but it's usually a river environment of reeds and trees and water and, you know, the bird life, all of that stuff all together. A whole riverine ecosystem. And the bosque stretches as long as the river goes in throughout New Mexico. So Michelle was a preteen and some of her other preteen friends 
were out in the bosque close to the river, and supposedly La Llorona came out from behind the cottonwoods and tried to snatch them, as is typical of the story. This story made the news, actually the newspaper, because these little tween girls ran to one of the little girls' houses and locked themselves in the bathroom. And then according to the, the journal article, when they were in the bathroom and they were screaming and, and, and so afraid, the water bubbled up from the bottom of the tub as if the Yorona was trying to get to them through the pipes. See, there's the whole water theme there. Well, believe what you will. A lot of people have been telling this story. It goes back hundreds and hundreds of years. And it's told pretty similarly wherever you go from the great southwest in the United States all the way to the end of Mexico. And sometimes you, you hear the story in other parts of Latin America. In, other, in some parts of Latin America, she does not exist. I remember I asked a university colleague of mine from the Dominican Republic if he had ever heard of La Llorona. And he said, what? Who? The cr- a crybaby? What? What? What is that? Huh? So he never heard of the story before. And I asked another girl from Albuquerque if she ever heard of La Llorona before. And she said something funny to me. She said, Llorona, doesn't that mean grapefruit in Spanish? And I said, no, that's Toronja. So uh, there's no such thing as a weeping grapefruit. There is a song about her that we learned in high school Spanish, I remember. And I'm not going to sing it to you here. God forbid you hear me sing. But the best version of the song, and I will link to it in the website, MexicoUnexplained.com, is the, the version sung by Chavela Vargas. You don't even have to understand Spanish to really enjoy the depth of the emotion in that song, to feel the pain in that song. Vargas's voice is raspy, rough, and it's pretty thoroughly haunting. She... It's like she tried drowning her sorrows in a bottle of tequila before she drowned her kids. You've got to check it out. Some people believe that the story of La Llorona is tied to the story of La Malinche. La Malinche was the interpreter and guide who accompanied Cortes to the Aztec capital of Tenochtitlan as the first conquistador to try to overthrow the Aztec empire. La Malinche, she's also called Doña Marina, She's remembered as both a traitor and as the mother of a new race, the Mestizo, because she bore children with Cortes. Just briefly, she was a slave who was Aztec and sold to a group of people who lived near the coast of Mexico, the Gulf Coast. The people of the Gulf Coast spoke a Maya dialect, and so La Malinche Doña Marina was fluent in both that dialect of Maya and Nahuatl, the language of the Aztecs. Part of Cortez's party had a priest who had lived among the Maya for some years and had learned the dialect that Malinche spoke. So Cortez would speak to the priest in Spanish and the priest would speak to Malinche in Maya 
the Maya dialect she knew, then Malinche would speak to the Aztecs in their language. So that's how that worked. Malinche eventually learned how to speak Spanish. And not only that, she bore Cortez a few children. So the link to the Llorona story is that eventually she ended up killing her kids because Cortez was betrothed to a noble woman from Spain who was younger and more beautiful than she was and a higher class, kind of like the Llorona story. However, there is no proof that Martin Cortez, the son of Cortez from Malinche, ever died. In fact, he lived far into adulthood, had his own children or whatever. So I think there's a little mix up there, kind of a blend of stories. But the story of La Malinche deserves a podcast of its own, and I'll schedule that for a later date. So that is about all that we have to say about this interesting mystery from Mexico. I appreciate your listening, and I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of Mexico Unexplained with host Robert Bitto. For show summary, relevant links, and commentary, please check out our website at mexicounexplained.com. Like us on Facebook, adios and hasta la vista.